Oh, hello. It's almost time for the Robert Capel show to start. Glad you could join us. You know what? We got a real champion. My buddy Laban Ditchburn returning to the Robert Scott Bell show today. I'm so excited. We're going to see if he's wearing clothing though. Just st stay tuned. We'll find out. He likes that warm weather thing. So uh, Laban's coming back. How do you become your own superhero and get those superheroes on your podcast? We'll talk about that more. And another champion, Vera Sharav scheduled for the second hour of the Robert Scott Bell show. Uh, Never again is now global. That is the new documentary series she's got going on. Um, never again. If we repeat, well, we forget history. What are we doomed to repeat it? And if history isn't repeated, it's rhyming. And we're seeing how those things are manifesting. So we'll talk with Vera as well. We've got some questions of the day coming up. And y'all in the chat room, what do you want to do? Come on in. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. The power to heal is yours. I'm just here to remind you. Super Don, let's get it started. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, we're back. What a show! What a show! And uh, can't can't wait to bring back my good buddy Laban Dishburn. Just a few minutes here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, cranking it up for health, freedom, and healing liberty, and uh, acknowledging the superheroes that you all are. What does that mean? Just uh, means you're connecting to your source of your power. And you're believing in yourself. And no, negative self-talk. I'm just going to confirm that with Laban when I bring him on, if that's still the case. If not, he'll... No, I'm pretty sure it's still the case. Uh, Super Don, making it sound so good. Thanks for being here. Uh, I had a great workout today. Uh, this is uh, fr my Friday fast. Maybe you're joining me on, on Fasting Fridays, if you do. Uh, hold off on the organic sour cream blueberry uh, pie that my wife made until after the show, or maybe after sunset. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh, doing well today. I'm really enjoying being here as as I typically do enjoy it. And I'm grateful again that you guys are uh, signed up for the newsletter because Super Don actually sent one today. Super D, well, well done. The guy who does everything and so much more finally found that moment again to say, hey, here's the newsletter. Yay. <laughs> so well done, my friend. Good job. Yes. <clears throat> It uh, yes, it did happen today, and I'm I'm slowly working it back into my schedule here. Although I, I got to say, it's been tough trying to focus the last yeah. couple of days because of this crazy thing, yeah, that is dominating the news right now. Of all the things that would be dominating the news, everybody's talking about a balloon. Have you oh, seen this? Yeah. yeah, I know. Um, this is the thing. It's supposedly. Uh, is it a Chinese weather balloon or a spy satellite that floats up above the United well, States? Right it, it, it depends on who you ask. Uh, if, if, you, if you've been paying any attention to the news, hmm. apparently there's a balloon that has drifted from China all the way over here to the United States and is hovering around Montana right now. Yeah. Uh, and missile silos in Montana. What are they looking at? Well, there's like, there's, you know, um, military bases, there's ICBM silos mm -hmm. in, in, uh, Montana. And, you know, there's not really a whole lot of information on it. They've been doing, um, you know, um, 
press conferences and you know the the reporters will ask pointed questions so how does the uh how does it maneuver around uh, and the guy will say well i i can't get into talking intelligence uh, i'll just i'll just have to leave it leave it at that well yeah. you know so is it something that we need to be concerned about uh uh we'll have to get back on you to you on that you know it's like there's really no information I can only imagine what it would be like to be in Montana right now <laughs> and finding out on the news there's a giant Chinese spy balloon that's yeah. hovering over your house. Um, really strange. I, so why you know, does ever, uh, somebody in Montana, they're heavily armed. Why don't they just a, a, a Montana well, the, take it out? Yeah, you'd think, right? Well, it's super high. It's a high-altitude balloon, so it's probably too far for somebody to shoot with their gun. Uh, and the military hasn't shot it out of the sky because they are concerned that the debris from it, because it's so huge, oh. uh, could cause problems for civilians. Uh, Not when the it balloons or whatever it's carrying. Yeah, it's apparently it's it's giant, and it's wow. got some kind of as they put a payload. Mm-hmm. Now, normally, if somebody says a payload, you yeah. think bombs or missiles yeah. or something like that, right? But apparently, it's got some kind of, and they 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 are saying that it is surveillance type technology wow. or something so i i, I don't know it's hold on a sec. My, my ring light is like flashing my eyes i'm gonna have a, a okay. I don't know. stand by keep talking all right no worries so i i don't know about you guys but uh giant chinese spy balloons flying over the you know you know a lot of people are asking the question how did it get there without anybody knowing about it yeah. i mean that's a long way china to you know apparently they're saying that it it, it went from china and then it kind of went up uh, in Canada, probably, probably and, went over Canada because you know Trudeau is all about the Chinese, loves them. And yeah, I'm not talking about true. the people; I'm talking about the government, the Communist yeah. Party. Uh, seems to be so. All so right. Anyway. Well, uh, if it's a secret, we got to talk about a secret right now. Uh, Zachary Stieber from the Epoch Times is reporting that uh, there was an insider secret government meeting about COVID nineteen natural immunity. No. The government actually held a meeting about natural immunity, but what was it to do ultimately is to reject it, to suppress it, to disavow any knowledge of its reality. It says four of the highest ranking U.S. health officials, including the F word Fauci, met in secret to discuss whether or not naturally immune people should be exempt from getting COVID-19 jabs. They brought in four outside experts. And I think maybe one of them even had some sympathy to the fact that, yeah, maybe natural immunity does exist and it might be okay and maybe they don't have to get And do you know who that person is? Oh, the guy that's covering his tracks? Is it Offit? It's Paul Offit. Yeah. Did he actually say, hey, Paul Offit was one of them. And guess who one of the other ones was? Uh, Rochelle Mr. Bowtie himself. Oh, really? Peter Hotez. Yes. Hotez? Now, it's very interesting because they got them all together and said, listen, you know, if somebody has gotten Mm COVID-19 and they've recovered, should that count as uh, a vaccination or two? Yeah. As far as the the requirements go. Mm -hmm. Paul Offit said, yeah, you know what? I I think it should count as two vaccines. Peter Hotez said, "Eh, eh, eh, eh." no, this shouldn't even be covered at all. Shouldn't even be acknowledged the fact that they had COVID-19. Hotez is a sick joke. Sorry, that guy. But you know what? That, That we already knew. Yeah. The interesting story, once again, is I know that it probably it, it makes you crazy. Do you have to consider yeah. this? But um, you actually have to say something nice about Paul. Will you stop pushing buttons, please? <laughs> gotcha. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, how do you like, how do you like that? Yeah. Well, okay. It says Fauci was there. Vivek Murthy was there. The guy that appears with Muppets to show, show us how everybody get your shot. Uh, Rochelle Walensky, that sad little woman in at the CDC who says, just send me more money. We'll reorganize and do it better next time. Francis Collins and, uh, Bichara Chuser. I don't know how to pronounce the white house vaccine coordinator from outside the government. You said it off it, uh, hotels. Osterholm and Iwasaki. And there was very little acknowledgement of natural immunity, just a, a wee bit. But Jay Bhattacharya, who you know we've talked about uh, from medicine, uh, professor of medicine at Stanford, said, you know, he's criticizing this thing. It's like you didn't let anybody in that had a competing view about natural immunity. All right. And, and it, was just, it was only for experts. Bhattacharya is not an expert. Yeah, right. He's not an expert. But this meeting was like called to order like a few hours before it actually happened. Hey, y'all, can you join us tonight at nine o'clock? And we won't tell anybody it'll be secret. And then we'll come out and say what we believe is or is not natural immunity. Again, more reasons you need to disqualify in reality. Any semblance of legitimacy of these government or quasi-government individuals, much less organizations in determining how to care for your health. Is it time to end the medical monopoly yet? Can we can we actually have a separation of medicine and state? You know, the idea of a separation of, of, of church and state doesn't mean you don't bring your faith in with you in whatever you do. That's not what it means. It means that, that there is not an officially sanctioned religion in the United States, or shouldn't be. But in reality, I've called it the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. It is a state-sanctioned religion because it superimposes even the view that we have of a natural God-created immunity that exists by exposure and survival and adaptation for survival that is superior to anything man in his arrogance, medical or otherwise, could inject into us to elicit their holy grail of an antibody or antibodies. Antibodies are neither in and of themselves necessary nor sufficient automatically to prevent a disease. You can have them and still get sick. You cannot have them and not get sick. Yet the entirety of the vaccine religion hinges on that Holy grail. Now they are eliciting or attempting to elicit the response, the antibody response in different ways with MRNA technology, which is proving to be levels of disaster that we have never seen in previous incarnations of what we call vaccines. And they were pretty bad already. And many are waking up to that reality because they've been lied to, like we've been telling you on this show for almost, well, 24th year now, broadcasting. Since uh, at least 1994, when I uh, became a homeopath, I've been talking about this on and off the air. This very thing, the vaccines are, they're a wrongheaded notion that need to be, recon- well, reconfigured is an understatement. I would say eliminated, obliterated. And let's look to things. If you really want to sensitize the immune system, how about in entertaining the notion of homeoprophylaxis or nothing at all, simply living healthily, having all the vitamins, minerals, or trace minerals outside, clean air, sunshine, exercise, whole organic foods, not corrupted by synthetic pharmaceuticals and or pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and see how that manifests in terms of a strength and immune system to overcome 
a lot of exposures, even these things that are arguably man-made. So you have Vivek Murthy, you got uh, uh, Hotez, you got uh, Walensky, Francis, whatever. They're all saying, yeah, no, natural immunity shouldn't count at all. Just get your shots. Get your damn shots. Folks, I hope that you now see through the artificial reality that they try to impose upon you. And again, another reason why we need Jonathan E. Moore in the United States Senate out of Virginia to call all of these bozos to the carpet. And even if, even if you were to prove somehow that mRNA technology was safe and effective, it still wouldn't supersede your biological autonomy, your bodily autonomy, your right to refuse anything that the government says you must have without consequence. And I don't mean the consequence of people saying, well, if you don't get the shot, you're going to get sick and die. Or if you don't get the shot, you're going to kill grandma. I mean, that, those things are assertions that cannot be disproven. So uh, I don't know which logical fallacy that falls under. But when they make the claim that, oh, man, I'm so glad I got my shot or it would have been a hell of a lot worse. You can never. It's a statement that's it, unprovable and unfalsifiable. It's a belief. And the people that worship these people we mentioned in the secret meeting as if they're some kind of scientific gods, they are involved in a dangerous death cult. Nothing less than that. And I would call on all people of what I would say real faith in a creator that goes beyond government and beyond Fauci should never again, speaking of the words never again, fall prey to the lies and deception of the arrogance of medical man and the medical monopoly pharmaceutical church that has owned and controlled our government for decades and many of the Western governments of the world, where have they fared the best under COVID certain African nations where there was little to no COVID vaccination or jabs. Interesting. And they want to target them now. Oh, they didn't get their jabs. Let's go down there and get them. Let's make them all sick and die. Huh? Talk about uh, colonialism that never ended. It's pharmaceutical colonialism. Globalist. Godless, if you will, those people. Anyway, I'll I'll leave it at that. My brother, Laban Ditchburn, is standing by. I believe so. Semi naked, fully naked. I don't know, guys. Got hide your eyes. Does he have a coat on? No, he took his jacket off. Laban, what are you doing? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna apologize for this, Rob, because I was swatted recently by the military and they said they gave me two options they said you can get a vaccine or we're going to take all your clothes <laughs> okay that explains it now you see i'm just kidding oh there I'm it just is kidding. <laughs> there it is. hey you know what i i need a, i need a jacket like that that's really cool i only have one that's sort of like that but not not as oh man that, that one lights up man you're looking good my friend dude it's about as loud as your your Beautiful introduction to the show now. I love this. I, take, I feel like I'm in Pulp Fiction. I feel like John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're pumping me up. You're being here. I, I'm so excited. Uh, I have Obviously, we haven't had you on for a while. We had such a great time when you and your wife were hanging out with us, and we miss you. Uh, but you're doing great work. Uh, you also have a new website, podcastingheroes.com. We will talk about as well. Uh, but how about, uh, you know, the Laban Ditchburn uh no negative self-talk. Is that still a thing? It's still a thing. <laughs> I'm so grateful that it's permeated 
outside of the, the four walls of this household, you know, like yeah. not that I ever proclaimed we came up with, come up with this, but mm-hmm. I tell you, I tell you, Rob, like talking about it more and more and more has like reaffirmed it in my own mind and I catch myself more and more and more and more and more. And the less it's in my life, the better and better and better and better and better I get. Mm-hmm. And do you know what's so interesting? Like so many people that I meet that are God-fearing, heart-centered, spirit-based people that are doing almost all the right things. The, the one area in their life that they could easily improve upon mm-hmm. is the, the, the self-deprecating talk in the form of sarcasm mm-hmm. or like, like kind of falsified humor. You yeah. know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I could never do that. Mm. It ain't funny. It ain't funny. Mm. That's well, it, re- it reinforces, again, a negative self-image. And, you know, I, I've struggled with this a little bit myself, talking to even you about this, about where we can uh, kid and jibe each other. I mean, guys tend to do that. They'll rib each other. And it will be negative talk often. And then where is that genuine, hey, this is a camaraderie thing, and where does it uh, translate into something that is actually – negative in terms of uh you know impacting our self-image it's the timing of that question is so great and by the way before mm-hmm. i answer that take pick one state in the united states of america where you think i bought this jacket have one guess oh uh that would that's the las vegas nevada that'd be that's a little, ding 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 give that yeah. man a prize that is in Las Vegas. Just for oh, I see curious. that. Like, I got married in this. I got married in this jacket. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear this more than once. Yeah, but you had a shirt on too at the time. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure what the rules in Nevada were about getting married without a shirt. I'm sure I'm that sure would fly. They, they think they'd still married you. Yeah. I think it'd be all right. <laughs> Given they'll divorce you in two hours, I'm pretty sure they'll marry you without a shirt on, right? Yeah, it's almost didn't count. Oh, by the so, way, for those of you who don't know, bet on you. This is Laban's amazing book. Everybody that reads it is like all like in, all in. Dude, it's amazing. So um, in addition to where we're going to go today, talk to me about how can you be a guy and joke with other guys and not be participating in the uh, in negative self-imaging? You know, that's a concern. It's a yeah, really great question. And like I said, the timing of this is fantastic. I just watched Jordan Peterson do like a three-minute video that I saw online exactly answering this because i was sort of kind of curious as well like mm-hmm. you know, where do i draw the line i think that the the my first point is that humor is so important like i'm not asking people to be a fuddy duddy mm-hmm. i would like to think that i use humor a lot i think laughing is really important release of very important uh, hormones and chemical in our body i think it makes people uh you're you're become more endearing to people and people want to spend time with people that are fundamentally happy more of the time what Jordan Peterson said, though, that really resonated with me was if you're in an environment, like you got the boys and you're having a jibe at someone, the, the other person must have an opportunity to respond and have a jibe back. And I don't know, do you guys use the word jibe in America? Is that a thing? Uh, J-I-B-E. Yeah. Yeah. Like have a jibe, like have a dig at someone. A jab. But, but not a not a vaccine jab, but a jab at somebody. But yeah, I get the concept. I don't know if it's fully engaged here in the U.S. The jibe, but I think so. Uh, so no, well, so an interesting thing. Jordan Peterson says you must have an opportunity to jibe it right back. Then, yeah, and, and but it's, if you really like, if I take time to reflect uh, mm-hmm. in my former years, especially being in circles of of men, it doesn't so so much happen towards women. Um, if I really reflect, Rob, I think that. 
most of the time the comments stemmed from an insecurity from myself. Mm. Like, oh, you know, don't be a, yeah. don't, that's that's bullshit. Excuse mm-hmm. me, French. Excuse, sorry, apologies. Yeah, no, it, I, I guess. You know what I mean? What like, here. Um, because there are folks that, that will do the dig in jest, but if you try to push back, it's like, no, you don't get to push back. And that tells me it's coming from someplace else as opposed to genuine camaraderie, the spirit of kidding and joking aside, right? So there is a distinct difference that you can measure. Well, here's something else that you can do instead, right? You, oh, if I can't do that, what can I do? So we've got a, like, this is maybe not a great example, but I just thought of it now. We've got a, we're so blessed. We live in Mexico here, and we've got access to a maid cleaner lady and Halaka who comes twice a week to clean up the bomb site that is the kitchen after I've been cooking up my steaks, right? <laughs> yes. I, I look, I don't know how to keep a kitchen clean. I just don't know. Like, it's not in my DNA. But I, you know, she doesn't speak any English. And my Spanish, un poquito, right? Mm. I don't speak a lot at all. But today, I was like, you know what? I need to let her know that we really appreciate her because we really do, right? And I realize compared to the rest of the planet, like there ain't many people that get this kind of situation. So I wrote a message and, and, and it translated to Google Translate to saying, and Halka, I just wanted you to know that Anna and I, my wife, really love and appreciate all the amazing work that you do looking after us and cleaning this place. Mm. And she read it and she, I think she must have read it twice because she didn't realize what she was like, what it was. And then she was like, like she didn't know how to respond. She was humbled. Mm. and muchas gracias, muchas gracias, she said. And I just like, when you have an opportunity to say something like, hey, Tony, you know what? I really loved that thing that you did the other day. You know, that was really great. I loved, you know, how you designed that thing or how you hammered in that nail. Like, that that person's going to go, hey, thanks, man. And it might be the only acknowledgement they get that day. So rather than having a jibe and mucking around, like, you can use it for something positive. This is just my humble opinion. Boy. Sure. No, I look, I'm with you in that. I'm with you in that. And I just, uh, you know, that the, the context of, of guys being guys at the same time, where does it cross over into something that is just not what you think it is in terms of uh, just being silly? Uh, and that's great. I, and I, I know I've asked you about this before. So obviously it's something that I, you know, I think about from time to time still because I'm a guy, you know, and yet I try to be as positive as possible and supportive and, and, and loving where where appropriate, unlike when we talk about the likes of Hotez and, and uh, you know, Fauci, which there's not a lot of positive, so we try to leave it behind if we can uh, completely. I will say, I will say, you know, given the huge amount of time that we spent, you know, we live with you guys, you are one of the best I've ever met at poking fun, right? At me, because you, A, you know I could handle it, but B, you do it and it comes from a place of real affection and love. I think that's another clear distinction that I forgot to mention, mm. right? Like it, I know that nothing you would ever say to me deliberately would ever be intended to hurt me, all right? And and you can if you can work on mastering that art, you know, yeah. Look, look to RSB for that kind of. Well, and that's a great great point. I'm glad you bring it up, and I appreciate that. But yeah, it, it really comes from genuine love and affection. I think that's the thing that I think about when if I'm palling around with friends that I really love and care about, and you, you're doing digs, they are coming from a space and a place of not denigration in any way, shape, or form. But if there is that element to it, then there's something else going on in the relationship that has to be explored if it's going to be one that will continue. Yeah, I mean, I think especially the world that we live in now, Rob, there's so much opportunity for us to hate and get caught up. You know, the world, the sky is falling, and I've, I've been down this rabbit hole 
plenty of times and I know people listening to this and nod, nodding their head in agreement going yeah too much telegram too much rumble whatever like and and so so the time that you don't have when you're looking at the stuff trying to prepare yourself or be you know mm-hmm. ready spend it serving spend it serving others complimenting you know be genuine be genuine mm-hmm. compliment people ask genuine questions about people and that naturally develops charisma all right yeah. It really does. And, and being a powerful listener. You know, Steve Hardison, a world-famous coach who's rejected being on the Oprah Winfrey Show four times, says the power is in the listener. The mm-hmm. power is in the listener. Yeah, how, how often, if you've ever done this, where you actually consciously take yourself out of the just unconsciously going through life, taking a moment to be with someone, even, and I'd say especially with whom you have maybe major disagreements, and ask them questions and sit quietly and listen to their perspectives. Why do they believe what they believe and all of that? This has been an ongoing, I think I have a sense of urgency in trying to show people how important that is because otherwise we are being so manipulated and, and, and be, to become so divisive and hate, hateful, right? A, a, as a species against people who believe and see life differently. And there are many reasons and experiences that we have not had that they have had that brought them to the conclusions that they have. And the opportunity to sit down and ask questions and just sit quietly and listen and listen and then ask more questions instead of going, well, I think just listen and listen. And extraordinary things happen. Miraculous things happen when you do that. Yeah, amen. Man, I'll give you a great example. It happened today. I, I had a meeting earlier, which I thought was an introduction to, uh, should I say the name? Yeah, it's fine. Like it's, it's Sugar Ray Leonard's son. Ray Leonard mm. Jr., the famous boxer. He's a speaker and a writer, and he's putting together this amazing thing. He does a lot of stuff on health and well-being. And I had this meeting. He had had to postpone late one time because of some mismatch with the calendar, and one other thing had happened. And then his assistant got on today, and he, she, she said, look, he's just running a few minutes late. And I kind of just started getting agitated inside because it's like, this person clearly isn't motivated to spend time with me. To, and I thought it was to, for me to interview them on my podcast, right? Mm-hmm. It turns out, RSB, it was a job offer for me to be a, pod, a, a, a podcast host, a paid podcast host for this new program. Now, I haven't decided to do it yet. We're looking at yeah. the paperwork. I'm sure. not exactly Stephen Crowder kind of money just yet. But uh, mm-hmm. it's, um, it, you know, had I reacted and got, hey, stick yeah. it. Like, uh, right. what are you talking about? <laughs> So I would have missed out on that opportunity, right? Wow. Yeah. That's a bit, that's big. You know, check yourself when you're having those situations. It's not all about you, even if it is about you, but it's about you in a different way than you thought. Preach. Preach, yeah. brother. Preach. How good is that? <laughs> so I, I'm looking at your website. It's labanditchburn.com. And I, and I still, you know, make fun of that name because he's like a James Bond character in many ways. With the that villain? Or- really, no, not the villain. <laughs> it's like the cool dude, the guy that's got, you know, all the things, right, going on. But of course, and, Mr. Money Printing. Exactly. And uh, it, your your uh, website has really stepped up. I see uh, you've got all these things promoting it. And uh, your book, of course, Bet on You, we have linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. And we see underneath you, for those watching, uh, there's a new website that we didn't have to talk about before the last time I met was with you, podcastingheroes.com. And I do want to learn about what is what is going on. This is a new Laban Ditchburn thing. 
This is this is a new thing, and, and and if you are if you are a host of a podcast or a, or a YouTube channel for that matter, or Rumble or any of the platforms, or you're thinking about it, right? And and one of the things that I, that's become very apparent to me in this community of awake people is that a lot of us are looking for a voice. A lot of us are looking for a place to do kind of exactly what Rob is doing and Super Don are doing here so beautifully and been doing it for so so long. Is the last time and the last couple of times we were talking about the world's best courage coach, which you mentioned at the start, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what I realized with the help of some amazing people in my life that were able to speak honestly to me, they said, Laban, that we love the world's best courage coach declaration, but it's, it's a powerful fuel source, but it doesn't, it's not a vehicle for doing actually what you want to, what you want to do. And I want, to, I want to instill courage into people. Well, how do you do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so what they said that, Laban, we, we know what you are. You are the best in the world at bringing on big-name guests on your own podcast when you had virtually no platform. And so what Podcasting Heroes came from, RSB, was this gap in the market to be able to teach other people that have a podcast or are thinking about getting a podcast about how to bring big-name people, the people that, and the big name might be just a big name to them. All right. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be famous or, or a movie star or whatever, but people that they want to bring into their, into their network and connect sure. with. And if you think about what's happened, just one of a thousand examples I could give you today. My wife and I lived with you guys for like two months, right? Yeah, that was living, was, he- living heaven. We had a great time. <laughs> right. No, really. Didn't. That's we not sarcasm, by the way. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah. It was. It was one of the highlights. One of the highlights of my forty-two and a bit years on this planet. I swear to God, and mm. and that happened as the result of relationships built prior to that. You know, Kevin Tuttle reached out to me to have Scott Shearer on the podcast, which I wouldn't have ordinarily ever done. Mm-hmm. I did that. Kevin said, "Hey, how do you feel about being on the RSB show?" Which was a big, big deal for me. Still is a big deal for me, and I'm incredibly gr- grateful. And then like, through that opportunity to have one-on-one time together and then one-on-many time, you, you get to form these relationships. And then since that time, we've been able to joint venture and refer each other to do other stuff as well. And, and it's not about the downloads. It's not about the ego and none of that stuff. It's about forming lifelong friendships with people that mm-hmm. are going to lift you up. And, you know, yeah. Jim Rohn talks about you becoming the five people that you spend the most time with. You know, and, and so I teach this and what podcastingheroes.com is, is a free five day video training. That's it. I just created the pretty short videos and I'm sharing like five major tips that uh, will blow your mind with simplicity that you can use. And if you are involved in PR, you know, like Kevin Tuttle with Spirit PR, if you're mm-hmm. trying to connect and reach out to people that... I'll teach you some basic ways that you can do that that will allow the person to not only want to come on the on your show or be mm-hmm. with you, but like to want to further that relationship. That is powerful. Well, so breaking, that's what's happened. I was thinking about breaking some negative self-talk. This probably, of course, would do that. It looks like a, what, a five-day or five-week thing that you got? The, the, five the, it's secrets. just it's a five emails over five days for this. Okay. So All for right. any, for anyone that wants to shortcut that, there's actually a live training starting this Monday, the sixth of February. Okay. If you're watching this live, or if you're watching it recorded, you won't have much time. But you mm-hmm. can actually, if you go through and watch the first video, you can click through and you can jump on that. That is a paid 
course, all right? That's our beta course. Kevin Tuttle will be attending that as well, by the way. Nice. And, and that, that will be going in depth from start to finish. But here's what mm. I discovered when I was writing out this live training, right? It's two hours, four to six Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. So it's probably going to cut into the RSB show. So we don't want to do that to you guys. But 20%, 20% mechanics, like how do I physically get the phone numbers of these people, right? How do I do that? That's 20%. And then the 80%, the 80% I realized is all about becoming the kind of person that has the self-belief and the confidence to be able to believe that they can have these people in their life and to add value to them, mm-hmm. all right? And I'll give you a free, free clue here, right? All right. Going into every single interaction that you have in life, I'm not talking about with your heroes. I'm talking about with anyone, the cleaner, the checkout chick, the mechanic, mm. the IT support guy 5,000 miles away. What value can I add this person's life? What value can I add this person's life? How do you know that you can help someone? goes back to what you said before, Rob. Ask mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. What do you need help with today? Mm-hmm. What do you need help with today? You'd be surprised at the answer. Try it out. Check it out. Well, I was thinking of the the negative self-talk of someone who's just starting out in podcasting, uh, doesn't have a big audience. And, and, and the immediate thought is, well, I could never get named your hero or the person you really love because I'm too small or whatever. And that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You set out that belief to the universe. So breaking the cycle of those negative thought patterns is one, you know, and, and your, your tip as well is like if you can – find the number, whatever it is to reach out and say, Hey, what can I do to help you? Uh, that's a different way to, uh, you know, interact it that way. Suddenly it's like, Whoa, all right, this could be something very interesting for the person that you perceive doesn't need to be on your show, but they might need to, and they don't realize it and they wouldn't ever consider it until you opened yourself up that way. Here's the, here's the, the most beautiful part of all this. Since I've learned about this and want to want to train and teach people on this, I've been asking all of my guests, what is the best way to be able to convince you to come on a show that doesn't have a big audience? And they almost all say the same thing, Rob. It's like if I can see that they are on a mission, that they are, you know, that they are they've got drive and that they're sincere about what they're doing, and you mm-hmm. know, like it's all about the energy. Yeah. Because if if I could share a story, if we've got time. Uh, let me look. Yep, you got time. Got time. Mm-hmm. Eight episodes in to my own podcast back in May 2020, I got hold of Les Brown. For those who don't know Les Brown, I've spoken about him previously on the show. He's regarded as the greatest motivational speaker of our generation. He's a 77-year-old African-American man. He was formerly married to Gladys Knight from The Temptations. He's got 10 kids, five boys, five girls. He's still alive. He lives in Atlanta. And he's a, he was a hero of mine, man. And I got his phone number and I rang him. He picked up the phone. He heard Les speaking with that big, beautiful chocolate voice of his. I said, Les Brown, it's Laban Ditchburn from, I was in Melbourne, Australia back then. He said, well, hi, Laban, how can I help? I said, Les, I'm a huge fan of you and your work. And uh, what else did I say? I'm a huge fan of you and your work. I'm the host of an amazing podcast series called become your own superhero and I'd be honored if you came and shared your amazing story with our audience when are you available he said well when are you thinking boy and I said to be honest Les whenever works with you probably works with me mm-hmm. four days later midnight Tuesday my time since so Monday morning his time he comes on I asked him what he thought of the name of the podcast now if you've heard Les speak you'll know what he's like if you haven't he just absolutely 
nailed what, what I hoped people would think when they heard become your own superhero. And I was so moved by what he said that I just verbally diarrheaed my story of transformation, which includes <laughs> giving up drinking and drugs and gambling and floundering and limiting belief in autoimmune disease and yada, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And he listened for five minutes with the patience of a saint and said, congratulations when I finished. I said, thanks, Les. He goes, do you have a book? I went, no, I don't. He goes, if you're going to be a speaker, maybe you need a book for credibility. And I was like, okay. <laughs> he goes, who was the most influential person in your life when you were five? For the first time in my life, I asked this question to myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, thought about it for a minute. I was like, oh my God, Father. Despite her many, 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 many flaws, it'd be my darling mother, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. He goes, what attributes did you get from your mum? I was like, man, she was unconditionally loving and tenacious and spiritual and like fed me organic food and stuff. And he's writing, he didn't care about the organic food side of things, but he's <laughs> writing everything else down. He, he looked up at me and he said, Laban, this is a God moment. He said, I'm going to show you how to monetize your purpose. And for the next 10 minutes, he read back to me the blueprint for the book he wanted me to write called Bet On You. He mm-hmm. said, Laban, you're going to write the book, turn the book into a keynote, turn the keynote into a three-day retreat. And even if you muck this up, you'll do very well financially in the next two years. And I'm going to write the forward for your book. Mm. That ladies and gentlemen, is the power of asking your heroes to come on your podcast. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of miracle that can happen. And I've got a thousand one other examples that I can use. Well, I think Great. people are going to want to join in on this. I'm going to go full screen on this if I can here. And y'all check out this website. Uh, and it's, what is it called again? Podcastingheroes.com. There you just, you just drop heroes. your name and your, and your email address in there and you will get the training emailed to you over the next five days. Very consumable. The videos are only like five or six minutes long, but you will start getting a really good idea about what is in fact possible in your own life. The benefit of this is that you will naturally become more courageous. Your body language will shift. Your posture will change. All right. And the way that you show up in the world will positively impact the people around you. Mm hmm. Don't, don't be surprised if you go through this and people start saying, Dave, what are you doing? What's, ha- what's changed? All right? You'll start setting clear, more clear boundaries for yourself, start saying no to things more often. Like the flow and effect of knowing that you can add value to mm-hmm. the most amazing people on planet Earth is a very powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. So one of the things that jumped out most already is so profound alone worth the price of admission. When you related the response to almost all of these so-called heroes that you might want to interview, what is it that could convince you to join on a podcast that may be very small and not massively influential? And I got this, even though you didn't say the word, authenticity, I'll add mission and purpose, and, and these people know the difference because they've achieved high levels of success by knowing the difference very often. And so if you are in that space, you're on purpose, you're on mission, you're authentic, you can go places even with one or no listeners that people with a thousand or a million might not reach for those people that can have the what we call the BS detectors. For, because to get to that level, they often have to learn that and refine that skill. So that just because these other people are bigger than you and have a bigger reach than you doesn't mean that they're going to get the people because they're looking for authenticity, people on, on mission and on purpose. 
And uh, again, I love that. Just that alone is so powerful. Have you got time for one more quick story? You would do that, Ross? Well, that's the only way I can get my message across. That's all I know. <laughs> this happened to me. This happened to me this week. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday, I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Brad Lee, who hosts the Dropping Bombs podcast. Don't know if you're familiar with his work. No. He's he's done. He's an entrepreneur. But he's done incredibly well. Multi multi millionaire. But he is becoming kind of like Patrick um, Patrick Bet David. Uh, interviewing and, and talking more openly about mandates and not afraid to talk about vaccine. A very awake guy lives in Las Vegas and he owns a company called VT Lightspeed. Mm-hmm. VT Lightspeed is a virtual training company that people like Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar and all the big names have, have posted their courses on there. And I applied for something on Instagram about three months ago, got contacted by a sales guy. He didn't end up selling me anything, but I transformed his life forever. And what happened was <laughs> he wanted to become a, a, an NFL scout. And he was in a sales job. He was in his late 20s. He loved what he did, but he, it wasn't his purpose. He wanted to be an NFL scout. And I just sim- simply said to him by asking him, hey, what do you need help with, incidentally? Uh, why don't you create your own podcast and then invite NFL scouts on as guests and then talk, ask them how they did it, right? I promise you, you do that for a year or two and you'll be an NFL scout, right? Mm. He says, Laban, I can't thank you enough. What can I do for you? I said, well, I'd love to interview Brad Lee on my show. Mm. He goes, if you ever tell anyone, I'll kill you. What? I gave you, I gave you Brad's phone number. Right? Are, you, are his, you having to be in hiding now? You just told everyone. Well, I didn't tell you his name. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and I think, I think when you hear the outcome, it won't matter. Mm-hmm. So I ring Brad Lee straight away. We talked for 13 minutes. He asked me where, the phone, where I got the phone number from in a nice way, and I said, Brad, if, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. He came <laughs> on the podcast this week. I crushed this interview, Rob. Mm-hmm. I researched, I read his book. I've been following his content, so I knew him pretty well. And we were, we were having conversations about all kinds of stuff. But I said to him, hey, I had Dr. Peter McCullough on my podcast, and ever since that episode's gone up on YouTube, my engagement has just died or whatever. And, and I said to him, hey, would, would you like to have Dr. McCullough on the podcast? He's been on your show at least one time that I know of where, Rob. And he's like, dude, any heavy hitter like that, I'd love to have on. I said, no worries, consider it done. Anyway, we finished the interview. Him and I are just shooting the breeze. And I'm sharing some personal stuff that's going on in the background. And he said, I want you to come on the show. Mm. Right? You've got to pay a lot of money to do this ordinarily. Yeah. He's inviting me on for free. So I said, okay, then. So I get off that call. I ring McCullough, right, mm-hmm. on Wednesday morning at 7.30 his time. He's in the middle of an ice storm. I said, hey, Doc, it's Laban here. Yeah, Laban. I was just watching an Instagram video with you and your wife picking peaches in Colorado from last year. We miss you guys. Like, you guys are our favorite couple. <laughs> well, I didn't realize that we were this close, right? He's yeah. been on my show. I interviewed him. And I said, oh, thanks, Doc. I'm calling the greatest doctor in history that's going to go down in history is like saving literal billions of people doc right i said doc would you like to go on the bradley show yeah that'd be great why don't we do a three why don't we do a threesome three-way podcast yeah i'm like okay then i get off the phone i Mm. I message brad hey brad great news peter mccullough's book for the show uh also don't freak out he wants to do all three of us in person let's do it he says now, I don't know about you, Rob. This is huge, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. 
with mm-hmm. the greatest medical mind in the, in the history of the world, give or take, right? I'll find something to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but what, what, what is the most significant thing is from a human psychology point of view, right? And you experience this when you bring on all of these guests on your show is that people see you being on the same par as the person that you're with. It's a psychology thing, mm. right? I'm not doing this to become famous, right? I want, a, I want an opportunity to have a much larger voice than I have, which is pretty small now because I've been throttled and shadow banned and videos deleted and that kind of thing. And I, I, you might be hearing this going, man, I could never do that. Well, there's your negative self-talk alert, right? Mm. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if I can do this, if I can do this, you can. You have to trust me. Also, never trust anyone that says trust me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Now, has this particular three-way prop podcast aired yet? No, we scheduled potentially for May because Peter's going to India and then Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, which this whole Australia trip is fascinating. He was telling me like they they booted him off Eventbrite. You know, I don't know if you read about you. Sure oh, yeah, no, he, stuff, he would but. be banned in Australia by the government, those weasels and wimps. And, and you know, they don't like that kind of intelligent discussion and discourse that makes them look bad. The government of Australia, like New Zealand, like many in our U.S. government, Canadian government, name it. They've all been on the wrong side of history and it's happening right now. And so having someone like McCullough that called them out on it, called them all to the carpet on it uh, with all of his credentials, it, it's embarrassing to them. So if they can prevent him from going to Australia, I don't know if they can, uh, but they would try. I think his visa is okay. I think mm. it was Pierre Corey that that's, that got his visa rejected. Okay. Um, but but in saying that, like you know, I, I'm half Australian, half New I lived there up until 2021. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I don't want to mm. go back until that. You know, it, this is all blown over. If it yeah. ever if it ever does. Sure. By the way, mom says you're charming and cute. That's how I would describe Nancy as well. Oh, your mom. <laughs> yes, my mom. <laughs> Mrs. Bell, yes. thank you so much. I graciously receive and accept that wonderful and true compliment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. humility. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, Jim, no, I don't read the chat room on Rumble because I, 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 I don't see the Rumble stuff and it's not automated for those. Yeah, if, if you're commenting and watching live on Rumble, I appreciate it. But unless Super Don can monitor that, uh, I, I, we have the, the, the certain um, uh, chat room available and like on Facebook that we have that we can see. And I think, of course, our own at robertscottbell.com slash listen. So I appreciate all the insight and questions and comments and attaboys. And hey, Laban is so cute and charming. Even if it is for you, Mum. God bless you. <laughs> no, it's good. It's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, no, these are great, great stories you're sharing as well. They're very empowering and, you know, a- examples of what you can do or even better and greater things. And, and I'm excited always to bring that to folks if that is your bliss. And, you know, we've expanded the Robert Scott Bell podcast network here. Thanks to Super Don. We've got Leslie and her uh, stay-at-home mom. We've got Ula and her husband, Mark, doing The Preacher and the Polish Girl uh, and, you know, maybe expanding some more from there. So it's just a, a, a natural and organic thing that's occurring. And Super Don, of course, is super for all the reasons you, you know uh, to be able to manage all of that. And yet we may be having to grow and finding other people to help us do that. Next next steps, next level. Yeah, and massive shout out to Super Don and also to Leslie as well. Her and I have been, been privileged to have lots of conversations and watching her grow uh, 
Yeah. Like she's, the podcast she's has been going for a couple of months, right? She's got yeah. a beautiful, beautiful radio voice. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful looking as well, which is unusual for radio announcers. Or for people from Michigan. Speakers. Wait, did I say that? Not teasing. I love everybody from Michigan. Totally love you. Joke. Uh, but yeah, no, you guys are wonderful. But yeah, she's she's a she's a natural. We're we're loving all of the things that she's bringing, and I think it's very appealing when you have. She's got what authenticity. She's got mission and purpose. As does Ula and Mark. You know what they're what they're what they're doing as well. And so I, I love that. And so if you guys haven't considered. Um, uh, the Podcasting Heroes website again. Give us the actual name. Just go to podcastingheroes.com and you just need to throw your email address in there. Podcastingheroes.com. Easy yeah. peasy, lemon squeezy. Want to make it real simple for everybody. Like people complicate stuff too much. And, and I was complicating a lot of my own stuff too much by, mm-hmm. you know, trying to explain what the world's best courage coach was. And, uh, you know, this is a much more consumable way of developing bravery and i think you know like it's clear and you can see this as well i'm sure don would agree like mm-hmm. people are not paying attention to mainstream media anymore like the the news and radio so we need to create our own platforms where we can organically you know get people there and and you want to be able to make it a sustainable way of living you don't want to have to make it a hobby yeah. you know you want you don't want to you want to be able to learn the business and learn how to monetize so that you can grow and do what you've done right yeah and and this is this is a way to shortcut that because being around successful people for the majority of your day, you will inherently become successful. Yeah, and of course, the definition of a success, and we have to explore that and find out what that means to each of you, uh, and and you know move forward in that integrity of achieving that and all the reasons that you want to. Again, being on mission, purpose, and not losing the authenticity in doing so. You don't need to do it through deception and coercion and fraud. That's what you watch your government so-called leaders do. And uh, many others, yeah, in the business world as well that have adopted that. And I think we're all a a bit tired of that, looking back and looking at the current situation, saying, hey, we want to be authentic. We want to do it authentically. This is why, for instance, the upcoming events, like I got the Next Steps Conference in February. This is February 22nd through 25th. uh, And Tia Severino setting that up. And a lot of great people who are authentic, and are on purpose and mission coming together to set up the parallel tracks in society. Like we're not investing in the things that don't work anymore. The deceptive practices, we're just going to go off and do our own thing now. And uh, that's where I, I hear that everywhere I go. This is what people want. How refreshing is it to hear the truth these days, Rob? Mm. Now that you think about it. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, oh, thank God. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> you know what? You don't want to spend time with me? Thanks for letting me know, not pretending like, you know, you're busy or whatever. There's little things that you can do. Do you know what? Not right now is a great way mm. to say it. You don't have to say no, not right now. Do you want to do this? Not right now. Not mm. right now. It's an easy It's an easy out. Try that one. See, what, yeah. see, uh, see how that goes for you. By the way, right later, I'm going to be in Las Vegas. Uh, we, I just got in, in, invited to speak at the Biomed Expo, which will be, I think, September maybe 14th or 16th, something like that. Uh, but September in Vegas, it's still pretty hot, but it's going to be amazing. This is the Las Vegas Biomed Expo. Yeah, September 14th through 17th, Health, Science, Technology, Business, and Consciousness. And uh, we'll be uh, bringing some more speakers together for that one. If uh, uh, I don't know, Laban, I might reach out to you if you can come back to the States by then. Who knows? We and will I, be back. We will be back uh, in probably May. You can take me to where you are, wherever you got that nice coat. <laughs> we'll get matching ones and do a duo yeah. thing. <laughs> That'd be awesome. 
Hey, there's a story here, and I don't. Did you ever see the movie um, Shazam? Shazam. I liked Shazam a lot. Yeah, we cool. enjoyed it. My wife and I really loved it, and the kids did too. And it was just there was an innocence about you know the kid that becomes a superhero when he says Shazam, and even the guy that Zachary uh, Levi, Levi. played yeah. him just had this innocence that he brought with him, like he's a big kid. And I can identify with that. And apparently, there's a controversy because they they've got the new version, the second one coming out. The the James Gunn, who's now the boss over at DC Comics, um, he, apparently Zachary Lewis had an anti Pfizer tweet. Like, why is that controversial at all? Uh, and I, I don't know, Super Don. Do you know what he even said? That was that was and all controversial. At least James Gunn didn't jump on and go, "Oh yeah, I got to cancel him now." Uh, but he said uh, apparently he hardcore agreed in response to someone who asked whether people consider the pharmaceutical company Pfizer a real danger to the world. I, I think that's a reasonable well, response. Here's the here's the controversy, right? Okay. Uh, because he hardcore agreed, mm-hmm. all of the pro vaccine rabid uh, crazy people on Twitter just assumed yeah. that he's anti vaccine because he says that Pfizer is a real danger to the world. And so they started going, oh, wow, look at the guy there. He's coming out with the new movie soon, and now he's coming out as an anti-vaxxer. If we can cancel him? That, that's what they're attempting to do. Now, Now, after shortly after uh, everybody started making a uh, stink about it, mm-hmm. he tweeted a link to the 2009 press release from the Department of Justice where you remember how they, they fined Pfizer $2.3 billion? Yes, yes. yes it's like a record fine, something like that. Yeah. And he, he put that up there and he said, see, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so people, were, but then again, you know, even though he put that there and it would be totally acceptable for somebody mm-hmm. to go, yeah, Pfizer's, they're, they're, they're crooks because right. they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, vaccines is just one small part of Pfizer. If you mm-hmm. look at all the rest of the stuff that Pfizer, you know, creates and they've been fined for and stuff like that, vaccines is just, I mean, yeah, you forget the vaccines. Well, they're, they're, think- they're a crooked company. Well, think about, yeah, what these pharmaceutical companies are. And I've called them the demon spawn of IG Farben, born out of the, you know, Nazi Germany and what the experiments that they did on on, on people and uh, the uh, anti-human agenda that they have. And, of course, whether you're pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine, remember the, the, the definition for anti-vaccine or anti-vaxxer now is so broad and vague. If you have one question about the HPV shot, you're anti-vaccine, you know. I'm not pro-vaccine at all because I'm a homeopath and I've got different ways to address the immune system. I think it's a disaster injecting these things, whether it's mRNA or the previous versions. So I don't hide from those those statements and beliefs, but I've got a lot of good reasons that I can explain to you if you want to listen. And uh, yet Zachary uh, Levi just says, I, I hardcore agree with someone who says that Pfizer is a danger. I would think you'd have to be an absolute moron to not see the danger that Pfizer is and has been. And uh, I don't find that controversial at all. But again, this is cancel culture, Laban. Do you know why? I, I can tell you why. Well, my what I believe it to be is because Pfizer has become another religion for people. Mm. And, and people yeah. are feeling like you're attacking their religion now. And that's why they're so vehemently rising up. Think, yeah, about, yeah. think about that. So if, you, if you're attacking Islam as a, as a Muslim, it's like, whoa, or Christianity, or you know, back in the day, you'd get chopped, you had your head chopped off. Mm-hmm. People, people look at them and revere them, right. and they're like the savior, man. It's like the second coming of God. Christ. Yeah, it's a, it's a cult like devotion. You're right. It's not it's not at all invested in actual science because the actual science shows that what they've been doing is violating all the basic tenets of good science. 
Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, I've been part of a, a, an amazing new documentary that we just uh, debuted uh, the other day at the Capitol called Utah Safe and Effective? Question mark. And it goes into a lot of these conflicts of interest, as well as the lack of scientific rigor in all of these people that just went safe and effective, safe and effective, as if they were part of a church. And that was the dogma in that church. So you're right, Laban, once again, astute as you are, my friend. So check out podcastingheroes.com. Sign up for the uh, the five-episode, five-day free email course. Free, baby. It's all free. It's all free. Have it up to do the live stuff with them, do, do so. You're going to have a blast, as we always do with uh, Laban. And I saw uh, some pictures of my buddy, Dr. Scott, Scott Scherner, and his uh, family uh, with you a couple of weeks ago down there. And it uh, looked like you guys had a blast. Yeah, it was great Great to reconnect with the Scherner family. They're, they're wonderful people and um, came down to Mexico to visit. We don't get too many visitors down here. Yeah, so, I, I think I'm going to try and find a way too, but I got to find the good food that I insist on eating. I don't want to go down there and fast, you know. Well, do you know what we've found? A there's now that there's been a few more premium places open up. There's actually mm-hmm. some really great grass-fed, grass-finished stuff that's local, oh. local sourced, or the north part of Mexico where they've got grass taller than my head. And mm-hmm. uh, nice, that's good. There, to there's know. some. There's a lot more options there, and I found a jerk chicken place, fer- fer- mm-hmm. and jerk chicken here on Tenth Avenue, which is. Dang, that's good. All right, you're making me hungry. It's my day. Of- <laughs> Sorry, you're fasting. It's my well. day of fasting, and then we have to talk food. That's my fault. I brought it up. All right, Laban, love to you and Anna. Appreciate you so much. I'm glad you could come on board today to warm us up for, guess who, Vera Sharav coming up in the second hour. I can't believe I opened for Vera Sharav. That's a- I know. She's, yeah. she's a superhero, absolutely. And her new documentary, Never Again, has gone global. And we're going to be talking about that. We've got a four-minute preview for it. If everybody's been watching it every night, I hope so. Uh, if not, we'll try to catch you up next hour. So, again, Laban, love to you and Anna. Thank you for being on board and being such a great friend. Anytime you need anything, my brother, you know, just give me a holler. Thank you, guys. Sending lots of love and abundance. Have a blessed weekend ahead. God bless you, my friends. And y'all, stick around. we got Vera Sharav standing by. And uh, the power to heal is still yours. All right. This hour on the Robert Chad Bell Show, we got Vera Sharav scheduled. She's standing by, and I can't wait to talk with her again. She's an amazing, amazing soul on this planet at this time, serving a great and powerful and important mission. Also, uh, mom's in the audience. Again, shout out. She just had her 89th birthday on January 29th, and I love to brag about her. And uh, thanks to my friend, uh, Babri Oren from Folium PX, foliumpx.com. She's on that triumvirate program that is a superpower, supercharged antioxidant, Chernobyl level antioxidant. And uh, she got to dancing again and she was dancing on her birthday. And we showed the video of that a couple of days ago uh, of her dancing to 1934 uh, movie with uh, uh, was Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, I believe. And that was so much fun to see. So uh, love you, mom. And thank you for uh, being as strong as you are. And she's seen a lot in her lifetime being born in what was then Palestine. It became Israel. And then eventually making her way to America. If you haven't got her autobiography, uh, A Life of Many Colors from Israel to America, check that out. And uh, as we uh, move forward, we'll get you some updates on some upcoming events, including the Next Steps Conference coming up this month, as well as the Health Freedom Expo, the virtual version, the 18th and 19th. Also, there are a number of uh, 
amazing events because Jonathan E. Mort has declared for the United States Senate in Virginia to beat Tim Kaine and bring the Constitution back where it belongs. And there's a number of events, including one in Glendale on the 18th of February, Glendale, California. And then uh, the next month, we've got one in Scottsdale, Arizona, and more are happening. And you guys uh, who love freedom, if freedom is your default setting, Jonathan E. Mord is the guy you want to support. Let me say that again. If freedom is your default setting, as it is mine, Jonathan E. Mord is the guy you want to support. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a little while. Uh, first up, more science, actual science, not pseudoscience, not cult science. It is about the uh, massive peer-reviewed mask study, once and for all, showing that the mask holes are wrong. I mean, the holes in the mask are right. I mean, that's what they are, but they let everything through. <laughs> the study has revealed that there is little to no difference in preventing COVID, preventing flu. And all those people like, we got to mask up again. We got to make masks mandatory again. You guys are on the wrong side of history, wrong side of science. A massive international research collaboration that analyzed several dozen rigorous studies focusing on physical interventions against COVID-19 and influenza found that they provide little to no protection against infectious or infection or illness rates. It's in the peer-reviewed Cochrane database of systemic reviews, systematic reviews. The strongest science to date refuting the basis for mask uh, mandates worldwide. And I, I will just, not a lot more to say, but the restriction of breathing is not good for you. It's not good for anybody. If you are in a surgical theater, what does that mean? It's not a movie theater, a surgical theater. I mean, you're in the, the room, the OR, the operating room, and you're a doctor or a nurse and you're leaning over an open body cavity because you're trying to repair or replace, do something. Yes, it's a good idea to have a facial covering so that nothing drops out of your nose or mouth into the body cavity, because that's an unusual thing. You don't normally walk around the world with open body cavities other than the ones you're born with, supposedly. The nose, the eye, you know, that kind of thing. And even then, there's a nor normal and natural immune response because you have a microbiome, you have mucous membranes, you have saliva. All of those things are preventive and prophylactic by their very nature. But when you pierce the, the veil, if you will, by cutting, by bullet wounds, any number of things, yes, it's an unusual circumstance. And guess what? The pro-vaccine fanatics, the jab fanatics, they're violating a million layers of your immune system by purposefully puncturing holes in you. How does that make sense to anyone? We've been duped. We've been played. We've been deceived by a cult. Modern medicine, S-I-N, I call it. It has its place in emergency trauma intervention, warfare medicine, putting soldiers that are about to die back on the battlefield because that's what war is. But if you apply that everywhere else, you're doing it wrong. And as Laban Ditchburn last hour mentioned, it's a cult-like devotion to these things. These are belief systems and dogma of like a religion, not a scientific endeavor. So the people that still embrace masks move on down the road. Go, go take your mask elsewhere. They don't work here. Now, there's a website I want you all to know about. It's ahrp.org. We have it linked up today in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. It's the Alliance for Human Research Protection. It's a big part of the journey and mission and passion of the authenticity of Vera Sharab. And this is something, if you're not already supporting, please go there, ahrp.org, as well as another website, Never Again Is Now Global. Dot com, And this relates to the documentary 
that is being aired hourly this week through CHD TV. And hopefully we'll be made available. We'll find out everywhere. And we have a, a, a clip here. Super Don, should we play the clip before we bring Veer on just to set the stage or bring this her on? This is the trailer. It's about four minutes trailer. long. It's about four minutes? Yeah? Yep. All right. So let's go ahead and watch this so you'll understand the, the gravity of the situation, the parallels between what happened in a horrific part of our history in the 20th century on planet Earth and what we are seeing today, what we have witnessed in COVID. Is it identical? Is it exaggeration? Or are there actual validatable historical facts that show the parallels of what's happening? Vera Sharab says, yeah, indeed there is. And you got to watch this. Never Again is now global. Those who are responsible for the pandemic have used two of the weapons that the Nazis used, which was fear and propaganda. Propaganda feeds the fear, foments it, hardens it. At that time, the fear was against Jews who were accused of being spreaders of infectious disease. The thing that I realized and was horrified by was that medicine under the Nazis had been totally taken over by government. And so I realized that panic was being fomented so that people would lose confidence in their ability to discern things. And so the best way is listen to public health officials, the experts, the thing that'll get us back to the world that we had before coronavirus is the vaccine and getting that out to all 7 billion people. Bill Gates assumes the mantle of one who has authority in the medical public health field. There has never been a public health. The only health that ever existed is the individual's health. Every single medical procedure or medical practice needs to be considered with regards to how does it affect this individual patient? Is it necessary? Why did all of you cooperate? And here's the interesting answer. The Nazis never presented themselves as negative, destructive people. They presented themselves as party who is trying actually to make things better. And that's what they taught people. When you were taken to a ghetto, it was for your own protection. When you were taken to a camp, you were told we have work for you there and food and shelter. We want to help you. My grandfather, who was in the French army, he got into camps and he always feared after that normal doctors. He saw them doing all kinds of experiments on people, entering the barracks with huge syringes and things like that. There were people sent in Australia to, to camps. They didn't kill them there. but. That the process that we are going through is part of what they were doing to them. Most people just think, well, we need to do what the government says and they want what is good for us. And they trust them and they think that's the way it is. It's so scary that you can understand what happened there and it happens again. It's a deja vu, you know, I feel exactly. I mean, people tell us what to do now. People are telling us how to do how to go, what to shop. We went like sheep in the Second World War. 
It's happening now all over the world with this COVID. I'm against people who are telling me what to do with my body because it's, it's a lie. It's a big lie. When people are so blind, I can't stand it. I have to, I have to try to convince them to, to, to open their eyes, to open their ears, not to go like sheep. It's a race between enslavement and expansion of global human consciousness. Because there are many, 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 many more of us. I'm advocating for nonviolent civil disobedience, an absolute rejection of all these mandates. Resist. Never Again is now global, and it can be witnessed through chd.tv, and uh, let's pray that we have good audio. If not, we'll do it by phone, but let's uh, bring Vera Sharab back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Vera. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I love you so much. You can imagine how how uh, grateful I am for what you're doing and what you stand for, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that people are hopefully acknowledging what you what you are doing with this new documentary series. And how are you doing through it all? Well, I want my goal is to get people to wake up. And of course, some of us, you know, and your viewers, I guess, are awake. But there are many, many more that we need to reach because we have to do it before it's too late. Oh, yeah, exactly. The thing is, we've been kind of in a, a holding pattern of not wanting to commit. I don't say you and me or we in that sense, but in a general sense, the the fear of acknowledging the history that you're bringing as a survivor of the Holocaust and what you bring to this and the historical examples and reference points that are irrefutable, in fact, that show exactly the patterns that have emerged now today that have played out previously in history. And there's a reluctance to see it because what does it mean for each of us to say, my gosh, we've allowed this to happen to this level already does that mean it's stoppable? It's not stoppable? What do I got to do now? There's a lot of fear, I, I think, in even acknowledging what you brought forward in the documentary series. Well, that's the problem. And it was the same, really, at that time. Uh, people did not believe that Hitler meant what he said, but he did. And so that's why uh, some said, you know, that people went like sheep. Well, it was... You know, fear and propaganda were the two psychological weapons that the Nazis used and that have been used for the past three years. Uh, yeah, fear is a paralyzing uh, weapon. People, as we see, are continuing to wear masks when it's so bad for them and has absolutely no validity as a protective shield, mm -hmm. uh, at least not not for nanoparticles or virus. Of course, yeah. So as I said, the legitimate reason to wear a mask is you don't want to spit in a in a, a patient that's cut open on your operating table. Of course, it, nobody's yeah. arguing against that. But the idea again of measure the stuff you're supposed to protect yourself from in a mask that weave doesn't happen unless you're in a self-contained breathing apparatus that doesn't allow because you're hermetically sealed from the world. 
And even then, arguably, that's not a good thing because if you've never been exposed to what they said was going to kill us all, you would never develop the natural immunity that those of us who refused the entire time have and uh, acquired and achieved. And we are largely much healthier and stronger than those who have succumbed to the propaganda and allowed themselves to be injected with these experimental mRNA uh, uh, gene-altering therapies, if you can call them therapy. No, they, they weren't designed or tested for safety or therapeutic value. They were really, um, they are, as many scientists have come to realize, a bioweapon. And uh, that's something that the Nazis actually didn't have. They, they were experimenting on all sorts of lethal uh, methods, but they didn't have it. And that's one of the things that makes the current situation even worse. Because they now can control and survey us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if they can inject into us a surveillance technology. And there are those chips that have been developed, which can, in fact, follow us day and night without stop. The Nazis didn't have that technology yet. No, they had the beginnings of IBM numbering people via tattoos at that time. That I, yeah, what people need to really grasp is that those tattoos were IBM identification numbers. Mm-hmm. And so an IBM is among the in the forefront of the vaccine passports. And in my state, New York, that's exactly who Governor Cuomo at the time contracted with, IBM. Well, without IBM there would not have been six million. Well, the Nazi atrocities would not have been uh, as successful uh, without what they did. Absolutely. Not, not in that scope. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's stunning to see the lineage, as we say, you know, I've talked about the, the modern pharmaceutical industry and all of its uh, various incarnations all has its roots. Arguably, you can go back further, but let's say modern roots in IG Farben in the chemical uh, conglomeration that they were, and then they were broken up after World War II, like, you know, AT&T and and the baby bells became the phone, but in a more nefarious and evil way. And uh, so much of what we are seeing in terms of tracking, even if we haven't gotten the jab, I don't know if you see this about the IDC codes or whatever they're called, the medical codes for coding things. One of the codes that they've added now are if you have not been vaccinated. So if you go to a doctor and you have not received the jab, they're going to code that. And then there's another way to track you through modern medicine. Again, the doctors are the deliverers, just as they were in Nazi Germany, of the greatest atrocities that we've accounted for in recent human history. The perversion of medicine, really, the Nazis were the first to use medicine as a weapon. They weaponized medicine by perverting it from its Hippocratic uh, mission, which is humanitarian healing profession. And instead, they made it into a killing profession. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what we're having now. Yeah, the third leading cause of death, arguably the first leading cause of death, because as we look back on our recent two to three years of COVID, it's become clearer and clearer by the day 
that the death induction machinery was man-made, not God-made, not a naturally occurring thing, and the response to the initial man-made release, however you argue it was released, is the thing that has delivered more death than the original thing that claimed was a virus. Right. That's Yeah, that's uh, documented by, uh, you know, more than one database, the VAERS uh, vaccine adverse event in, uh, reporting system, yeah. Their system here, and there are others in Europe. So they all are pointing to the same direction that there are more deaths since the vaccine, and the all cause of death has gone up since the vaccine. It should have gone the other way around, shouldn't it? Yeah, if, exactly. <clears throat> but I remember, and, and you know, this has been a great disappointment. You know, as I mentioned, my mom was. Uh, was raised right through the independence, the war for independence in Israel and uh, seen so much in her life being there on the ground, being right there. Uh, yet the disappointment I've seen uh, from the, the the Jewish people of Israel and their willingness. Now, I know it's not 100 percent, but boy, it was a significant percentage because of fear. They forgot everything about the never again. And they went in all in on the vaccine passport concept, much less turning their bodies over to one of the demon spawn of IG Farben. Pfizer, in that case, is Netanyahu sold his people out and they know it. And he's still there. It's uh, I know it's incredible, but it just I guess it what it shows is that really uh, the Jewish people are no different from other people. You can hoodwink them into believing a fantasy, you know, that their government means to only to do them good and not ill. That's a fantasy. Governments have betrayed their people over and over again, particularly when people stop actually being actively involved in their government. And that's happened here and it's happened there. And I think that's the wisdom of the founding fathers of America, that they recognize throughout history, government by its very nature, shall I say, it's artificial, it's man man created, not God created, would eventually turn to do these things if given the opportunity. If you centralize the power structure and you look the other way and you think they're here for our good. And our founders in America said, no, 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 you must bind them down with the chains of the Constitution. Do not give them an inch to go outside of the, you know, the enumerated powers you've granted them and recognize that that power comes from the people and your power as the people comes from God or creator. And that was unique and is unique still on this planet, even though we have not lived up to the high ideals of our founders often. And we're struggling, I think, to come back to our senses. Perhaps COVID is that wake up call for people to come back to those senses. Well, we have to, actually. The entire world depends on America. That's really a fact, because we have that strong constitutional right. But, you see, it's been usurped. I mean, we now live constantly under a state of emergency and executive orders. That's all illegal. Those executive orders are completely illegal. Congress has just deferred its authority and its duty Mm -hmm. to deliberate and to decide these things. I mean, we've been in one war after another without any congressional declaration. declaration. And once you allow that to happen, essentially you've given your tacit permission uh, to be governed by a dictator. 
Yeah. And whether it's one man in the or woman in a presidency or whether it's the entire what we call bureaucratic oligarchy, the war making machinery, they will uh, de- declare war without declaring war. And that's true also not on foreign incursions, but on the American people exactly. ourselves. They've declared war on us with mandates and prohibitions and emergencies without end. And so we're living in a, a, a very, yeah. And surveillance. And surveillance, yeah. We're living in a very tenuous oh. times of, of freedom hanging on by a thread in a sense. And the Constitution, is it active? This is why, uh, Vera, I don't know if you've met my friend um, Jonathan Emord, but he's declared to run for the United States Senate out of Virginia, a man that knows the Constitution, uh, you know, as well as, uh, uh, you know, our, our, our good friend Ron Paul as well, um, recognizing that, that the great danger would be to rely on the government to protect our freedom that comes from God. And so we need good people like that also in office. And we all need to stand up in defense of our freedom on the localist of local levels as well. That's right. That's right. That's where the strength is. And uh, it really, people need to realize that now or never, uh, because if we don't resist and become again the... Uh, you know, our own bosses, our own determiners of what we want to do with our bodies and with our lives, it, we will no longer have that opportunity. It'll yeah. be taken away. And they really do mean to take it away. They mean to reduce the population, radically reduce the global population. And those who will be allowed to live will become slaves. Now, is that really where we want to go? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, my good friend Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center is in the chat room. He says this quote from Patrick Henry, fear is the passion of slaves. Yeah. And also, uh, John Adams' quote, fear is the foundation of most governments. Yes. So I guess we really do have to grapple with that and stop fearing those the, who the only way they're fearsome is if we give them power by our reticence. Yeah. To assert our rights. We, we feed, need we feed to them. assert our rights. That's yeah. all. Through our fear. Now, how has the reception been? This is the week. The debut is on each each evening. This week uh, has been, a, I don't know, an hour-long episode or so uh, of the documentary. It's about an hour. Today's is a little bit longer. This is yeah. the fifth episode. Yeah, it's a five-episode series. And for those uh, that have missed the first four, Vera, I, I don't know. They're, they're still there. They're available right now on CHD, mm-hmm. uh, and they will be. They'll continue to be throughout February. Additionally, we will be putting it out on a lot of other platforms, and we offer, mm-hmm. we offer it to other organizations who want to show it on theirs as well. This is not a money making project, although we'll appreciate any donations that people mm-hmm. send us. But we want as many people to see this and it's and i can tell you it's not easy a lot of it will be very new to people Mm -hmm. and they will need to digest it but what you will see is other survivors like me uh as well as their children of survivors and grandchildren of survivors who tell these stories of what they know what their parents grandparents told them Mm-hmm. And how they are responding to the current restrictions and, you know, discrimination, for example, the unvaccinated, 
compared to the vaccinated, you know, those who have to show passports and all that kind of thing. By mm-hmm. obeying those orders, they are disempowering themselves and their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how has this been received thus far? What what kind of feedback have you gotten this week? As the it's feedback been feedback is all tremendous, and yeah. uh, but as I say, it's just some really. It's sort of they're shell shocked. They mm-hmm. haven't seen one of. This is a very very unique um, series because we deal both with the human tragedies, but we also name the. Uh, corporate and dynastic uh, entities that facilitated the Holocaust, that provided the machinery mm-hmm. as well as the money, and who profiteered from the slave labor camps. Most of the corporations that gave Hitler financial support and weaponry mm-hmm. themselves profiteered from the slave labor camps. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing some massive profiteering in terms of uh, across many corporate entities and, and, and industries uh, with the uh, proliferation of mandates and prohibitions and, you know, whether it be the COVID jabs themselves that carry no liability or even those for a time that were making masks that are now polluting uh, the world, you know, debris that's harming the wildlife, all the people that same claim to be environmentally sensitive and caring about the yeah. environment. Uh, they completely disingenuous when they're when they're promoting these things that are destructive of the environment and our internal environment, the human environment, the the animal environment. Right, that's exactly right. They have they're trying really to weaken the human species to eliminate uh, some immediately, and others to weaken. The other thing that's very similar, really, uh, as far as the weaponization of medicine, is you see, if you're shot by a bullet, it's one, two, three. But they are actually creating horrible illnesses, painful, horrible illnesses, from which people eventually die. They're not, there's something sadistic that's going on that was also part of the Nazi uh, culture. Yeah. It, and it, it, you're this right. Is, this is very. You know, this is very, again, it's very difficult to put your head around it to, to say that you mean doctors are essentially creating torturous kind of deaths. Well, most of them, I would say, don't even know what the heck they're injecting into people. And that in itself should disqualify them as doctors. That's already a crime. I mean, yeah. even if they don't intend it at that point. And I, I see the suffering. I, you know, I interviewed a number of, uh, COVID jab victims uh, for another documentary that just was released, Utah Safe and Effective. And it's just, it's heart-wrenching to watch these people. And many of them believed in the system that they entered into and donated their bodies to it, in a sense. Yeah. Didn't yeah. think that not only that this would happen because they were told it was safe and effective, like the mantra, like a you know a dogmatic yeah. cult. And then when they were harmed, the fact that they were harmed and they, they said it, they were further denigrated yeah, for, for, for being you know, claiming that, that there was anything to do with the jab. And then, of course, not compensated in any other way to cover any of the medical expenses that they're still suffering with. So you're right. This is a horrible, sadistic yep. manifestation of medicine. And uh, to claim you're ignorant of it, doctor, nurse, 
it's not going to fly, just like in Nuremberg, although we acknowledge the limitations of even the Nuremberg trials because many of the Nazis did get away. Some were you know, scurried away by the U.S. government for their, their, their knowledge and scientific acumen. Uh, so it's not a cure-all, but certainly it would be nice to apply it today for all of those folks that have done this great injustice to the people that trusted that they were out, you know, the docs and others were out for their own good. Exactly. This is, this is just it. I mean, these, the fact that there's a continuity, both in, in terms of some of the corporations as well as families, uh, tells you that, I mean, unless you really hold the perpetrators accountable and they really need to be eliminated from the earth because they come back like a multi-headed hydra. Mm-hmm. And they, that is something that is very real uh, when you see the, the perpetrators. I mean, it. this isn't just by chance. They have been preparing for this round, you know, uh, after the Nazi debacle. For a long time, yeah. And there have been movies and science fiction movies made that are actually more true to what we're manifesting uh, and seeing witness manifesting uh, than we would want to believe, want to confront. And again, that's the difficulty, as you say, of people that are a bit shell-shocked watching the docuseries, never again has gone global. Um, our friend Marge is in the chat room. She says, 15-minute cities, look at them up, that Germany's old ghettos. Remember that they ushered the Jews and others into ghettos uh, yeah. to be able to you know, c- conform, control, and, and you know, know exactly where they are. And there's a globalist movement on to create that kind of scenario again to get people out of rural areas, to bring them into cities and have complete control over everything that they do, energy, food, you, you name it. Freedom would be curtailed immediately uh, by doing this. And this also aligns with what we went back with IBM, the numbering system. Yep. The, the, vac- the vaccine passports or other digital identifications, identifiers, whether it be coming through real ID here in America or otherwise around the, around the world. Uh, this is setting up for another epic disaster of, yes, Nazi atrocity proportions. And this is why your film is so important because it, it gets out of the, you know, just the statements that could be dismissed because people have an emotional reaction to saying Nazi atrocities. And then shows, here are the parallels, look historical, then let's look at what's happening today. How did you pull this off? Did you have an amazing team? Should we say thank you to anybody else, Vera? Because I know you're amazing, but I don't know how you pulled it off. Well, I'll tell you, I do have a tiny little team, and they cannot even be identified for fear of being blackballed in Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. So... It is that bad that I feel very bad about that because I'm getting all the, you know, credit. No, it's not. I have really uh, two producers who really, really uh, help to pull it off, as you say. Um, the reason the reason I, I did this film is because, you see, those who are trying to shut anyone up who dares to bring comparisons uh, to the prelude of the actual final solution, which didn't begin until 42. Uh, After all, Hitler took power in January 1933. There were quite a few years before that in which slowly, slowly, uh, there were phases of uh, isolation, 
identification, discrimination, and, you know, eventually deportation uh, with uh, passports taken away, assets taken away. But, you know, before that, uh, all Jewish uh, professors were thrown out of universities. Doctor, Jewish doctors were not allowed to treat and uh, non-Jews. And it went on and on until the final solution, which was the extermination. Uh, it didn't just happen overnight. And so, but people who are the gatekeepers, so-called, of the Holocaust would have you believe that the Holocaust is totally unique, has nothing to ever to do with any comparable history anywhere, not before or now. Well, that makes the Holocaust irrelevant. That's what they have done. They're trying to make it irrelevant to history and irrelevant to current events. And I say that is a crime against the victims because mm -hmm. everyone who survived, the first thing that they said, they wanted people to know what happened and how it happened so that they would be alert to indicators that in any way repeated some of those uh, uh -huh. restrictions and curtailments of freedom so that it wouldn't happen again. Because at that time, people were also totally oblivious. They didn't believe that Hitler meant what he said. Well, and also the people that were behind him, that funded him. Exactly. The, the, you know, the, the people you don't hear about so much in history, you know, because he becomes the personality that made it possible. But is he really the instigator? You know, whether it is historically accurate or not, the fact is there are a lot of accomplices that are still around well, perpetrating we, these crimes. Exactly. And we're we name them and we show them. Yeah. That, yeah. That, so that has never been done. And the other, I guess, uh, unique aspect to this is that no Holocaust film was done by a Holocaust survivor. Wow. That's astonishing. Uh, my mom's in the audience. She says, how old is Vera? She looks great. What a beautiful human being. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to reveal your age if you don't want to, but well, look, no, I'll tell you. <laughs> since, <laughs> since I am on this mission, I've had to admit my age. I didn't used to believe me. I really, really didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm of a generation that didn't, but in order to, maintain my credibility i have to so yeah, i'm 85 i was yeah. born in april 37 mm. yeah mom was born in january of 34 but uh you know in in the middle east there that you know from palestine became israel and all the things that ensued from there uh just an astonishing thing and speaking of israel has there been any feedback from israel on this documentary well i know a, a team of one of the those who testified has a whole team working on the translation. We're trying desperately to get some translations done. Uh, and it's not easy because it's a very long project, you know, and mm -hmm. but we are, we're getting that done. Um, in Israel, from what I gather, yeah, they have a, a resistance uh, movement as well. And, uh, but they are being, you know, silenced just as everywhere else. I mean, I know I'm often asked, how could Israel, especially Israel, have gone along and all that? And I have to say, you know, Jews are no different from others. You know, we all have the, 
we're made of the same, you know, flesh and blood. We are in, God gave us the choice mm -hmm. to do good or to do evil. And every group on the planet, whether it's a national group or religious group or a professional group or a com in a community, everywhere, everywhere there are groups of people, there are those who are, you know, giants who are the, the models of, of morality and the devils. And we have to really recognize the devils and get them out of our, our society. We can't yeah. deal with them because they keep coming back with worse weapons each time. You bring up choice. Agency is another way to say that. And I've said many times that the greatest gift is the gift of life. Right next to that, to me, is the freedom to choose freedom. choice in life that, that God gave us so that we would choose to return. And, you know, people have asked, why are the Jews the chosen people? And I remember my dad, you know, introduced me to a Methodist minister of all people who was very interested in Bible, biblical history, going back to the Hebrew scriptures and everything. He said, you know, answer to the question, why are Jews the chosen people? And he said, because they choose to be, you know, choice was uh, was playing a role there. And and the Jews in Israel right now that are going along with more uh, Holocaust type behaviors are choosing differently than those that were warned, you know, that, you know, make the choice, choose God and all that that means. Yeah, it, it's it's we see over and over. That's the point that human nature is the same. We are one human family and we better understand that and really, really accept it. Only then will we stop putting some people down and others as, you know, entitled. Yeah. And these monsters today who are totally, you know, globalists, uh, they really believe that they can um, be the gods who rule over the yeah. earth. They really believe that. Delusional monsters led by ego. Yeah, yeah. that's that. That's right. Yeah. And governments have become, you know, we don't have leaders. We have puppets. We have puppets who do exactly what they're told. And some of them are clearly unable to, you know, make decisions. And mm -hmm. others are only too glad to go along because they're getting the goodies that they want. Yeah. They don't realize that at the end of the day, almost all of them are expendable too. Hmm. Yeah, know? exactly. No, they'll, they'll be discarded. Uh, That's right. Yeah. You know, it was Stalin. He called those people like Fauci, like Collins, like all of them, useful idiots. Useful as long idiots. as they're useful, he can use them. And that's the, really the way the globalists are using some of the, you know, the, the so-called leaders of the world because they, they're not yeah. leaders of the people. This is harsh too, to say it, but it must be said because there are many people that are here in this audience have lost friends and family members and they're still alive. I'm not saying all of them dead, but they've lost them to this cult of fear yes. we've talked about. Yeah. And yeah. they are, in fact, useful idiots. And yet to say that, of course, becomes quite offensive, offensive sounding. But you're referencing, again, historical examples as to how they are viewed by the people that they still worship and believe are out for their own benefit and good. You know, the leaders that are actually using them 
and you can't tell them because their egos are on the line as well. And they've got to come back to some semblance of a spiritual relationship to the divine. I believe that's ultimately the only thing. And then how that manifests from there is, of course, quite distinct and different because you, when you're that connected, you're not trying to rule over other people, enslave right. other people, harm other people. That's right. Like those people are doing right now. No, no. These are, these are really psychopaths and egomaniacs, and they're never satiated. That's the part we need to understand. You and I can't even imagine what do you need so much wealth for? I mean, how, you know, how many, how many dashas, how many estates do you need? But there's never enough for them. That That's one of the things, because they really don't have any human empathy, human values. And, and I say that as well, the people that are perhaps the useful idiots, they're not listening to this show likely, but no. they they really can't conceive that people could or would do these things, many of them, because yeah. they themselves wouldn't. I get that. I understand that. I'm not condemning those people. I, I'm just you know, asking that if we can love them back to life and we can appeal to that humanity, the emotion, the heart, and that's what you know, you're attempting to do. I believe many of the people that have done these uh, documentaries to bring the human face of the suffering, the injuries, like uh, my friend Jen Sharp, she put out a, a film, I don't know if you've seen it, Anecdotals. She's yes. an amazing filmmaker, and it's just so moving. And yet she found how hard it was just to speak her truth at a time where, you know, used to be that that was a, a high ideal. And yet those that held it in high ideal as a high ideal have abandoned it and are now accusing us of, of crime simply for communicating our, our, our experience and sharing our stories. Yeah. They could, you know, they talk about conspiracy theories and they don't see the conspiracy that's right. That's. Mm -hmm really really in front of their eyes and that's it's very sad but unfortunately it used to be thought that the, if you educate then everything will be fine uh-uh not not if those who control the educational system are merely conditioning people into obedience and that's right. what's happened yeah. all the schools have led people to be uh obedient Mm -hmm. to trust yeah. authority, you know, and not themselves. Well and said. It cuts off most of what you are as a human being. As a human being, you're not just, uh, you know, somebody who can work with technology. Technology is not all there is. And all the humanities have been neglected. History has been neglected. All of that. And, of course, values, mm -hmm. spiritual values and moral values they're just they set it aside as if oh well now we've got an emergency what does it mean we have an emergency what's the criteria of an emergency anyway mm -hmm. folks if you have you know if you're part of a church a synagogue a temple a mosque whatever it is take the time you know, arrange to see this if you haven't yet seen it it's been playing every evening this week thanks to chd.tv and tonight, the fifth episode is airing. Um, Super Don, can you show the website again where it is for those that are watching live? Never Again is now global, of course, is the uh, website, but you can also connect right to the CHD TV. You'll see there's a trailer we played for you. Part one was Here We Go Again on Steroids. Part two, Anyone Who Wants to Start a War Has to Lie. Part three, Breaking the Veil of the Real com com Conspirators. Uh, part four, uh, This Time Around, We're All Jews. 
in part five, never give in, never give up. God bless you, Vera Sharab, for all that you're doing. And I know you've seen a lot in your lifetime. And uh, to say you're a survivor is, is doesn't do justice to what you're doing for the current and the generations to come by stepping up, standing up, and, and bringing this out to the world. I give you a big hug and a kiss and, and, and my gratitude for all that you are and what you do. Thank you very much. Help us to get it out to as many people as possible. That's the only way to save, really, humanity. This is We're all online. Please share. Watch parties together with your kids. They need to see this and discuss what you're witnessing. The history that is not taught is the history that's guaranteed to be repeated. And uh, that's not something, if you know real history, you want you ever want to do again. Let's learn from it and, and do better now that we know better. Thank you, Vera, for being on board. You're, you're always welcome here. You know that. And uh, I'm j- I, the prayers were answered that we had per- perfect technology, the audio, the video, everything. How about that? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good. It's a miracle. Somebody's watching over us. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Vera. So good Thank to see you. you, my friend. Thank you. All right. That's Vera Sharab. Wow. What Again, powerful uh, realities that we must confront if we want to, again, establish a, a platform, a terrain, an environment that embraces freedom, yes, diversity, in all of the various beliefs that exist in humanity. As long as we honor that freedom and recognize that's one of the greatest gifts we've been given by God, we'll, we'll not only embrace it, we'll celebrate it. And we'll find that you know the people with whom we have disagreements are not necessarily evil unless they're utilizing their beliefs to diminish your life, to harm you in some way, shape, or form. And most people are not invested in that. That's why the bad guys can get away with what they're getting away with now, because most people would not conceive that this people would do this because they don't know history. History has been erased and rewritten. And therefore, we're, here we go again, but never again has now gone global. Thank you, Vera Sharav. All right, Super Don, this is powerful, as powerful as anything we ever cover here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. I'm grateful for the opportunity to do it. We've got a few more minutes left. I'll ask you, Super D, as my humble and lovable producer, we've got questions of the day. We've got an article to wrap up with. I, I, I'm flexible at this point because it's, it's a very somber subject, but a very uh, you know important one to communicate what we've done today. Uh, yeah, so... <clears throat> I think what we can do, I mean, we can mention the article real quick because we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Sure. Um, It's a good news article to end the day on, I think. Yeah. The Defender Uh, is reporting from Children's Health Defense that California is ditching its plans to mandate the COVID jab for school kids. There you go. There's the school kids. Now, of course, it's it's, uh, uh, reliant upon or dependent upon the end of the state of emergency on February 28th. Uh, and of course, I, I think if uh, Biden has his way and his puppet masters have their way, they would never end the emergency, as you know. Yep. And this is where, even though there is a, a, a guaranteed Hegelian dialectic and not Republicans aren't pure as the driven snow any more than the Dems are, but right now they are, at least on some level, at the federal level, trying to, to push back on the declaration. But and according uh, to this, maybe this is something that's going on with just California. Cause it says they're going to end the mandate on the COVID vaccines for school children. When the state ends its COVID-19 state of emergency on February 28th. But isn't that just like government? They all know that the jab <laughs> never worked now. And yeah. they're like, Oh, we'll wait. We'll still do it until the 28th. I'm like, right. what, what, what kind of, what? Again, that tells well, you, you, know, you gotta, gotta give kids a chance there to get used to not wearing a mask, I guess. Right. Right. Just incredible, isn't it? Yep. 
just incredible. But at least so, they're ending it at this point. You yeah, know, I mean, we'll, we'll take what we can get, right? It's a little win while we can. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. So anyway, let's see what else we got as we're at. So we do the questions of the day in the bonus. We'll do round? the questions of the day in uh, bonus time. Yeah. Um, I know that you're gonna run pretty quick, so we'll we'll just knock those out and then we'll be done. Well, yeah, we've got um, some good stuff to cover as well. That's true. So I, I posted. You've got uh, something you got to do. I think at at two uh, thirty or three thirty, right? Yeah, I think so. I got a meeting, yeah. but I I posted a picture uh, this morning from in, in on Instagram because I went you know to do the the nine round workout and and I thought you know we're going to uh, the next steps conference uh, later this month in the Atlanta area. And uh, my friend Layla Ali, who I love dearly, she's amazing. And I, t- I took this picture next to her dad's picture, uh, me holding the thing and going, come on, Layla, let's go. And I was trying to, you know, goad her into coming to the Next Steps conference. I don't know if she's available or not, but I was just teasing her as I like to do because I, I would love to get into the ring and spar with her so I could say I got knocked out by Layla Ali because <laughs> I'm under no delusion that I could do anything uh, that uh, in that way that would uh, – uh, you know, look, I, I just enjoy kickboxing, but I'm not like the best boxer. I can acknowledge that. But she responded. She says, you're too tough. Nobody's going to come face you. So thank goodness Layla Ali has a great sense of humor as well. Oh, yeah, you found the picture. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was it. Uh, so you can see Muhammad Ali underwater, That one of those famous pictures of him training underwater, breath holding while jabbing underwater. And uh, anyway, uh, it's very cute, but. I'm looking forward how, to see dude. <clears throat> how many people on Instagram mm-hmm. can post a picture of themselves next to Muhammad Ali and get a comment from Muhammad Ali's daughter? That is too cool. Well, for those of you that don't know Layla, I, I, I'm not uh, in any way saying anything that she hasn't said herself, but she's very much a defender of freedom and health freedom. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I've gotten to meet her. You know, we went over to her, her place with my mom and my. And my, uh, who was with me that time? My daughter, my son was with me that time. Yeah, I think, but it was just an amazing, amazing visit. Mom was there too as well, but just an absolute golden heart that she has. But yes, she's tough as nails, you know, world champion boxer, but we need more people, as you know, to stand up and be living examples for the freedom we wish to leave for our kids. And it's that serious. And so there are, you know, there are a lot of risks associated with speaking out, speaking up, but the risk for not speaking out, speaking up is far greater. The risk to our, you know, our kids and their kids one day. So shout out to everybody that's willing to stand up and, and, and take a stand. And uh, uh, I hope you'll join us with, you know, setting up the parallel society uh, that we're doing on many tracks at the, at the uh, Next Steps conference, next-steps.info. Uh, and RSB 10, 10% discount. So please plan to be there. And a, a number of other events we'll, we'll uh, revisit in a moment when we do the bonus round. So questions of the day coming up in the bonus round. Sorry for you guys on UK Health Radio. You'll have to come on over to robertscottbell.com or listen to the podcast later. Uh, but here we go. Reminding you, as I do, remind myself, the power to heal is yours. You know, that the, the Vera Sharab interview today it went as well as I could have ever prayed and hoped for. Oh, no yeah. I don't think I don't think we've ever had that great a connection uh, with her before. Yeah, on the show. because and, and she as she says her age, like my mom, 89, she's 85 or so. 
these are not the most technically inclined folks when it comes to the, I mean, I have trouble with it. Right. And like when we had that first try and she was like, I can't try what I can't troubleshoot this. And it's all like, Oh my God, I'm holding on for dear life. Please, please, please let it work. And thank you. It did. Uh, I know you were prepared to call her on the phone and we would have done a phone interview, but it worked out beautifully. She was there in her office and uh, just remarkable uh, what that, you know, that dynamo of a soul that has survived so much to, to bring mm -hmm. out such important uh, validated historical acts, acumen with acumen uh, about what's happening today and the parallels and people, please share that. Please share that. <sighs> so, all right. What else do we want to do now? Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's nail down the uh, question of the day. Okay. Oh, it froze up. Maybe question we won't. It just froze up. What happened? That's interesting. All right. So we're going to get rid of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, how about, Let's try this again. All right. Let's do yes. the question of the day. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That worked beautifully. Uh, this is from Lorelai, our friend Lorelai. She says, I'm interested in the missing link product. It sounds very positive, but the label says it includes mercury, aluminum, fluoride, arsenic. Aren't those things to be avoided? Thanks, Laura. And it's a, it's a good question. It's a fair question. And uh, I, I reached out to our friend Sherry Neal, who has helped continue to champion the Missing Link product, which, by the way, I do take every day, uh, usually two capsules, sometimes twice or three times a day, as a baseline mineral, you know, in a kind of a fulvic humic base, uh, an ancient mineral bed. And uh, all of these things naturally occurring. There's a distinction that needs to be made. Do you have the audio? We, I, I reached out to Sherry. She just I did do. a quick send. And let's give a listen to what she has to say. Normally, what I say when people ask me that question is, I understand your concerns, but we have to understand the difference between organic and inorganic and um, naturally chelated trace minerals. These things are found in nature. It's not something that man made. And these things in small amounts, as you know, in homeopathy can actually be beneficial. So what we find with the missing link, it is absolutely beneficial. Um, we know that there are, um, there's arsenic in apples, you know, and it's not because the apple is poison. It's just, that's a natural chemical makeup of the apple. Um, I have some documents somewhere. Let me see what I can find. Also, she added that, you know, apples uh, contain uh, three to five milligrams of aluminum. It's interesting, but in naturally occurring aluminum, because aluminum is abundant in the, in the Earth's crust, if you will, but it's always found bound to silica. Aluminum silicates, if you will, naturally occurring and not being harmful. So perspective is in order at trace amounts in, an, uh, you know, the difference between organic and organic forms as well. And uh, anyway, I, I'm just so you know, I still take it. And I recognize, again, at the, that homeopathic level, it's not problematic. Of course, when you inject these things or you concentrate these things or you remove them from that natural uh, state or, yes, even in the natural state to excess, that's, but that's not what we're dealing here with the missing link. So if those of you who want as a baseline, it's a wonderful product. I've been taking it back when it used to be called Traceman Trace 74 back in the 1990s before I knew my buddy Chris Barr, not a doc. You know, we be, become friends all these years later. And it was lost to history in a sense. And then he helped to bring it back out. And we still have access to it, thankfully. And you can get it at choosetobehealthy.com, as, as many of our organic whole food, 100% whole food supplements are. Uh, and choosetobehealthy.com, the discount code RSB5, RSB5. Now we have a secondary uh, question of the day here, Super D. 
Indeed, okay, we do. Coming from Lisa. Hello. I'll just say RSB. When people refer to me as doctor, it sort of annoys me. It doesn't. I'm just, I got to, I got to deal with it because doctor means teacher, physician means teacher and healer. And yet what they've done is relegated to some kind of a, a statutory definition. And uh, so I, I don't want to be associated with doctors because of the third leading cause of death. It's not that impressive, y'all. It really isn't. But I get it. As a teacher, as a healer, that's where I'll wear it. All right. I've listened to you through your emails, uh, Jonathan Otto and Ty Bollinger. You are, you all are my tribe. And thank you. I developed a nail fungus and do not want to take the prescribed medicine that requires me to monitor my liver enzymes. I do have mimosa pudica seed, black walnut, oregano oil capsules in my home. Home. I'm currently putting tea tree oil on the nails, two thumbs, and my doctor prescribed uh, cyclopyrox, I think, 8% solution on the nail application. If you have any recommendations on what would work to clear this fungus infection, I'm grateful for all you do. Lisa, well, you know, Lisa, for many years, we were utilizing uh, the topical uh, silver product like Sovereign Silver or Gent 23 or the gel. But now we have access to the Sovereign Copper product. Why do I say that? Because copper is even more potent as an antifungal than silver, even though silver does have profound antifungal properties and can tamp down yeast and other things. But to have the copper is wonderful. It's it's much more, uh, uh, let's say, rapid in its in- in- interaction. And you can still utilize all these other things you had mentioned. But I think that's one of the things that's missing. Uh, to understand the role of copper as an antifungal as well as an antiparasitic. Now, there's systemic issues to consider, although I don't know exactly how this transpired in you, Lisa, that this happened. But I would say, you know, what I would be doing every day, taking my thumbs, if that was the case, and, you know, putting like a thimble full or whatever it is, a little container filled with the, the copper, sovereign copper, and soaking it for about 10 minutes or so at a time or as long as you can. And then you can put silver gel on as well. You can still do tea tree. Any of these things, if they're working for you, great. None of the things you mentioned were toxic, although I'm not as familiar with the drug. I think you had mentioned topically, but you're right. Many of the antifungals, what is this? Uh, Cyclopyrox 8% solution. Not as familiar with that. But the uh, the antifungal drugs are very liver toxic. That's why they have to keep monitoring your liver health uh, while you're on them. So if you can avoid that, obviously, as you want to do, Lisa, I, I support and applaud you for that. And, uh, you know, carry on with uh, the silver copper and, and all the other botanicals and, and essential oils. Those are all complementary and, and can work very well for you. If you have a systemic issue, you might go to the gut recovery protocol. That's a silver aloe uh, protocol. And now you can add the copper into that mix as well. So hopefully that's helpful for you. Uh, for you. Now, uh, any questions or comments coming through the chat room uh, today? Let's see. What do we got? Mom, that's very cool. Layla Lee is awesome. So powerful and living the truth. Yes, Layla's amazing. She's so cool, Layla Ali Gretel says. She is. She's awesome. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Chris says, she's a good way to start a conversation like, have you heard about Vera Sharab, the Holocaust survivor? Answer, I don't think so. Question, have you heard about her talking about the pharma holocaust going on now? Oh, right. So, trying to be conversant. And I think this, this picks up on our hour one discussion with Laban, doesn't it? Authenticity, listening, asking mm-hmm. questions rather you don't want to vomit out all that you know and then frighten people away. They're never going to, you know, ask questions, Socratic methodology. It's a great way to open people up that are not initially open and then stand by to listen for their response. Don't judge them and ask more questions until 
they start asking you questions. And then that opens up a way for you to kind of feed them information that they were not open to moments before. Yes, sir. All right. Ula, that was an amazing interview and lesson. Yeah, Ula knows the history coming from Poland. She does. Right. Uh, oh, even Marge liked it. Thanks, RSB. Very good guest. Thanks, Marge. Yeah. It's nice to hear that. Yeah. Oh, good show today. Dude, it went fast. It, that. it did go fast, which yeah. is always a good sign. Yeah, really good. So I've got so, uh, meetings in about 23 minutes. What else? Yep. Announcements, other things we didn't cover. I want to say thanks to folks. As yeah, well you, know. well, you know, we want to say thank. Well, let's see. We didn't, yeah, we didn't. There's a few things we didn't do. Um, mm -hmm. We can make mention of the sale that's going on right now with uh, Nutritional Frontiers, your February yeah, focus. Detox focus. Let me go big screen on that for you, Super D. Um, and that includes power cleanse and there's the live complete. We're talking about liver health. Uh, all of those at 15% off, you get an additional 15% off from nu nutritional frontiers with the code RSB 15. That's what you get for being part of the RSB family. It's awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, guys and gals at nutritional frontiers, Jamie Dorley and the crew. Also, I like, you know, personally, I love to bring this up because this is what we're, we're using every day. The inner DMG. This is a lozenge. Uh, it's a uh, advanced immune support as well, but help to counter the, exposure to glyphosate even if you're eating clean organic you never know and so enter dmg has been a wonderful tool use the rsb 15 to get 15 percent off of that as well uh which is awesome also uh classes i think start up monday at uh, trinity and we also have the trinity health freedom expo coming up uh 30 bucks the virtual expo you can have three months to watch everything it is so worthwhile for those of you who are wanting to have the energy that you didn't have or don't have my wife is like swearing by this stuff now the energy bits we first met out there. I'm holding that up, energybits.com, and use the code RSB20 to get 20% off of both the spirulina tablets and chlorella tablets, and even one little spirulina tablet. It's like a whole plate of vegetables in nutritional quantity. So check that out, RSB20, 20% off, energybits.com. And uh, Folium PX, once again, mom is doing great. She's been down in the dumps in the last couple of few years and uh, trying to help her with everything we know. And this came about when Baby Center, the three-pronged approach for the immune system and everything that it's doing, binding and detoxing. It's just been amazing. Uh, Folium PX, F-O-L-I-U-M-P-X.com. Use the code RSB10 or call them up and say, hey, got it from the Robert Scott Bell Show. He'll give you a 10% or free shipping or something. You guys figure it out. But it's well worth the investment. And you can find out if it's helping mom at 89. Imagine what it can do for you. Uh, all right. Anything else I forgot? Super D. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> New episode of Preacher and the Polish Girl uh, got published uh, just right before the show, I think. Awesome. Um, so we got that up there. And I think that's pretty much it. We don't have a plan yet for, well, I, we have a partial plan for Sunday, I guess, right? Yeah. Did you figure out how many uh, uh, segments we were covered from uh, pre interviews that I did at the Awaken, Reawaken America? Otherwise, he didn't. Well, we can look yeah, and we stand can by, it. stand by. So I think it's. It looks like it's. Because uh, I, I, I recorded them in segment length, so we could use them properly. I believe it's Paul M. Davis, mm -hmm. and that's two segments. I think that's a three-four. Okay. And then, who was it? It was was it uh, Lee Dundas? Jim if we have Brian artist Amelia Love, I think it might be Lee Dundas, Lee Dundas. and that was yeah. like a yeah. 
So we'll 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 figure out after we get out here. But we'll have the re- the remaining interviews that uh, you did at the Reawaken tour in Nashville. Yeah, and and so those of you who are, are patron supporters, you already had access to them. Super Don put them up very quickly yep. for you to watch. <laughs> excuse me, and and listen. But we'll have some really good discussion. One of them is a, an attorney who was at January sixth down at the Capitol. What happened to him is a story you got to hear. Uh, so that'll be coming up on Sunday's radio broadcast through GCN, GCNlive.com, as well as our own podcast network, Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network. Ula says, thank you for allowing us to publish our podcast on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network. Well, again, Ula and Mark, you guys have authenticity. You have integrity. You're on mission. You're on purpose. Why wouldn't we want you sharing what what lights you up? In the same way with Leslie and you know, if we have others that we end up adding to the network, it's because they have integrity, they have passion, they have authenticity, they are on mission and purpose. And that, that we align with that. And, and, you know, like anything I say, I don't ask people to agree with everything I, I say or believe, but I, I, look, I'm excited to communicate with you and listen to your feedback too and learn from you. I, you know, I don't have all the answers. I got perspectives, certainly. And I appreciate everybody that brings their perspectives and things that make, make their life better, your life better, lights you up, might light somebody else up too. So I'm grateful for you guys that are contributing as well, whether you're doing podcasts or just listening and sharing this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed. Well, thanks guys for another being a part of the, the week. And, um, we'll be back on Sunday with, as like Robert said, the uh, interviews and then back on Monday and real mm-hmm. quick here, let's just take a look at what we got going on Monday. Yeah. On Monday's show, how about, how long can you stall? Let's see. Oh, okay. Hey, I can bring this up. Yesterday oh. I was on a, a Twitter spaces thing for the first time mm-hmm. and wow, it was wild with Brian Artis. Brian Artis. I love Brian Artis. I'm a fan of his and he's like a big fan of mine. I have like it's mutual admiration, whatever, but, uh, it was great. Uh, he, being able to contribute to that as well. And, uh, Chris has put some notes in there related to what some of, uh, artists had said in terms of, um, utilization of even magnesium might be contraindicated at certain points of vaccine injury or, or venom envenomation. Let's just put it that way as well. Uh, and he, he mentioned mecunipurians as well as another, uh, thing to work with the ven- venom stuff. So we've got a lot more to talk about with Brian Artis and a show coming up. I'm sure we'll, we'll get him on as well. All right. Yeah. Well, on Monday, we will have Julie Klein from Trinity school of natural health. Yay. Yay. And Rachel Yay. Dardano will be mm-hmm. on with us in hour two. So, okay. Looking Excellent. forward to that. So thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Appreciate it. Have yourself a good weekend, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you all.